the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. So today we're going to be finishing off our series called The Zoo, and we've been taking a moment looking around the different attractions you see in the zoo, looking at kind of some cool animals. If you were here for the first week of the series, you'd have had an awesome Sunday where we hired a python. Um, If you weren't here for that first week, that's why you should never miss the first week of any series at City Hill, because that will be the week where we will go fully in. Uh, We couldn't do it the other weeks because I wasn't going to have a cheeky monkey in here because it would tear the place up and a roaring lion was out of the question uh, because someone might get eaten and that wouldn't be a good thing. Today we're talking about changing chameleons. We're talking about changing chameleons. Now chameleons, I always had this perception, this idea, and we're kind of going back to our first week of the series really with this one, is I had this idea that chameleons would blend in. The idea was they changed color to kind of fit in with their environment, to hide from predators, to keep themselves safe. But actually, that's just simply not true. That's not scientifically true. Chameleons change color for two reasons, really. One of them is for getting, getting the hot girl. Like, it's, it's out in the pool. They, they change color. The brightest stripes generally tend to, tend to do it. The most garish colors tend to get the bow-chicka-bow-wow, and when it comes to fighting, if two males head off, this, is, this has been scientifically observed, whichever chameleon is the brightest chameleon always wins the fight that ensues after. Which is funny because when we get into boxing, when we get into MMA, I love MMA, I'm a bit bored of boxing, although I'm pretty excited about Deontay Wilder versus Fury, that's getting my attention again. I think most of the other fights have been pretty boring to be honest. But I love MMA and Conor McGregor, is able to get inside people's heads in a way no one else I've ever seen. So he has had two losses, but the other fights, he got so much in his opponent's head that he was able, in the press conference, to predict the round. And he would knock them out in the round, he said, against fighters he should never win against. But he'd just get in their head. He'd get in their head so much that when they go to the fight, they're so angry about the things he said, they don't stick to their game plan. They're literally trying to punch his face in, and they lose the fight. Which is funny because the chameleon does this thing where it's before the fight ever happens, it just goes full glare. Hence the top today. It goes full glare, it's leery, it's bright and it's there and that wins the fight. Today we're gonna be talking about Joseph. We're gonna be talking about Joseph because Joseph as a kid shone in his family. He shone in his family. It wasn't just that he was the youngest, he was the youngest. But his dad saw something in him and his dad one day buys him this, this garish top, which hopefully none of you will hate me for and want it so bad that you'll mistreat me in any way. I hope that doesn't happen after the service. But he gets this, he gets this bright, bright top and he loves it and he's proud of it and he's killing it. And he's got these dreams. He's got these big, big dreams because there's something in Joseph that just wants to naturally shine. And the thing about it is when you shine in life, it, it, it can bring out the haters. The thing I love about Joseph is, and I want to encourage you guys with this morning, is you need to wear your dreams. 
That's the first point I want to make. You've got to wear your dreams. There's no good hiding your dreams away in the closet. There's no good hiding your dreams away in the basement. There's no good trying to hide your dreams from things that other people might say or do towards your dreams. Because if they're your dream, you've got to pursue the dream. If it's a God dream, you've got to pursue the dream. There's no point living your life in fear of what they will say. That happened with Moses. He said to God, when God's calling him out, he said, but they will say, I don't care what they will say. You need to wear who you are, wear who God's called you to be, wear the dream on the outside that he's given you. People are going to say what they're going to say. And you know what part of your victory is going to be being able to overcome what people say about you. I have some big regrets in my life where I backed away from things because of what things people said. And um, I don't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. I'm comfortable with who I am. I'm comfortable with everything about myself and I just go for it. And I want to encourage you guys, regardless of what anyone has ever said about you at any point in your life, to be comfortable in your skin and stand up being who you are and who God's called you to be. Who God's called you to be. I remember sharing with someone once, God did something really amazing, had this incredible encounter and God said something so profound and so powerful to me and I remember sharing with someone in church and they burst out laughing in my face, said, no, not you, no, never you. That's what they said. And do you know what I did? I never shared that story again. Like what happened, what God spoke to me, I never shared it. I kept it under the, I kept it on the low down. I didn't talk about it anymore. Man, that's a regret I have. One of the things I love about Joseph is, Joseph is so garish, Joseph is such a bright chameleon that he just shines and shines and shines and it doesn't matter what happens, he still refuses. He doesn't learn the lesson. I learned the lesson that day. Don't talk about that dream. Don't talk about God was saying because if you do, this is how people act. This is what people are going to do. It's not a pleasant experience. Shy away. Not Joseph. Joseph has a dream. His brothers get upset. What does he do? He shares a second dream, which is just like the first dream. And now he's including the whole family in it. And he's sharing it out there. And now they're even more upset. And now they're done. And what do they do? He goes away. He catches up with the lads. They're out doing their thing, looking after the sheep. They rough him up, put him in a, in a hole, in a ditch. Deep down, he can't get out. And then they start plotting. And the eldest one, who's kind of involved but doesn't want it to go too far, ends up being separated and going away. And the rest of them, they decide what they're going to do. They sell him into slavery. They take that coat that he has and they, they tear it up a bit cover it in blood and they give it to their dad we're so sorry there's nothing we could do the wild beast just tore him up the wild beast just tore him up and this is all that's left and he goes off into slavery you would think after an experience like that where you lose not only your greatest threads which would tick me off I mean I was listening to someone a little while back talking about the worst day they'd ever had and how the whole world fell apart and it was all around their phone breaking and I was like jeez Jesus take the wheel I wish that was my worst day that ever happened to me I wish it was just my phone breaking because I would be like, yes, Lord, you have blessed me with an abundant life. This is the, only, this is the greatest pain I've known. Woohoo! Hashtag winning numbers in the lottery. Joseph loses his whole family, loses his outfit. He's now sold into slavery. He's lost all rights, any sense of the big upstart, the big hopes, the big future. And the thing you notice about him is, is my second point today. You see, when you've got your dream, a God dream that he's birthed in you and who you're supposed to be, you can't just wear it. You've got to wear it in slavery. It doesn't, it doesn't matter the outcome or how you're treated or where you end up going to, you still wear the coat. You still wear it. It doesn't matter that things go wrong and things don't go the way you envisioned. You still got to wear it. You still got to own it because it's a God dream. It's a God dream. 
And so when he's in slavery, what does he do? He shines. Joseph, what are you doing, mate? You need to learn the lesson. You need to become beige. You need to become Manila. It's not okay to just shine bright in the face of this adversity. You've got to do what the rest of us do. Fifty Shades of Grey. Tone it down. Become a bit boring, a bit dull. But he exceeds and he becomes the most influential man in the house of the captain of the guard. Killing it. And then what happens? Well, hey, you know what? Chameleons, they do say that when they change colour, they do attract the ladies. Joseph has a slight problem that he's shining a bit too bright and the boss's wife takes a, takes a little swipe and um, Joseph runs faster than Usain Bolt, so fast that his coat gets left behind. He's got a problem with coats, this guy, man. I mean, if I was Joseph, I would never wear a coat again. I don't care what weather it is. What are you doing with a coat? You live like in the Middle East, you're in Egypt. You don't need the coat, Joseph. Jeez, man, what is wrong with this guy? And so he ends up in all kinds of trouble. And if you think that shining and standing out so far has done him wrong, it's about to get to a whole new level. He's He's acted with impeccable character. He's, he's turned down the opportunity of getting with the boss's wife, and it's now gonna end up with him no longer just being a slave, but a slave who's now in the prison system. And he's not just in the prison system, he's in Pharaoh's prison, and he's, man, I mean, like it's the, 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 the famous psalmist and hymn of our generation, started at the bottom, now we hear, is totally reversed. <laughs> This is started as a big shot in my family, big dreams, big hopes, shining bright, cool jacket. And then I hit losing my family. And then I realized I lost my family, I lost my coat, and then I went to slavery. And then when I went to slavery, oh, I started to perk up and things started to get better, but oh, now, now I'm here. And you'd think in this moment, you'd really think that Joseph had got the message of how the world works. You think in this moment he'd tap out. You think in this moment he'd go, you know what, I just need to dull it down because the world is not ready for this peacock. The world is not ready for this chameleon. The world is not ready for this kind of brightness to shine out. But he doesn't do it. He wears it in prison. So Joseph will wear it in his family when it's an easy, nice environment and he'll shine. He'll go into slavery where it's a horrible environment. He'll shine. He'll end up in prison, an even worse environment than the last one. Everything about these situations is conducive in these environments to tell him to shut up, to tell him to stop shining bright. But Joseph, Joseph isn't like you. He isn't like me. He doesn't get the message. He's more committed to being who he's supposed to be. He's more committed to being true to who he is. Wear it in prison. Joseph is about that life, even in prison. He's in prison and some guys are having these dreams. And Joseph, well, hey, Joseph's pretty good at this whole dream thing. It's a, it's a God gift that's upon his life. And he hears them and he, he calls it out and he's like, mate, you'll be out of here in no time. Don't you worry about it, sunshine. You, on the other hand, really sorry. You're totally going to die. And um, you can imagine how that goes down well in prison. Like, yeah, great. Thank you so much. I mean, yeah. Talk about, I would have rushed him personally, but hey. So he gives his interpretation and what happens? One of the guys dies. The other one, what happens to him? He's back out. He's not only back out, he's back out. He's serving Pharaoh. And Joseph's like, hey, remember me, sunshine. Remember I gave you this, this whole dream thing? You remember me. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I remember you. I remember you. He gets out, doesn't remember him. Carries on with his life. Joseph's still in the prison. He's still there down in the dungeon. And there comes 
this moment. I want you guys to look at Genesis chapter 41. I love this so, so much. Because if this had been me, the story never would have got here. Then, verse 9, Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my offences today when Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard. We dreamed on the same night, he and I, each having a dream with his own interpretation. A young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. When we told him, he interpreted our dreams to us, giving an interpretation to each man according to his dream. And as he interpreted to us, so it came about. I was restored to my office and the baker was hanged. So Pharaoh had been looking because Pharaoh had been troubled by a dream, a dream that no one else could answer. No one else could help him out. No one else could solve it. And so this moment, this guy's remembered. He's gone, hey, Pharaoh, you're having trouble. These sorcerers, these diviners, your, your, your wisest people, they can't make head or tail of your dream. I want to let you know that when I was in the prison, there was a guy who interpreted my dream and he interpreted the baker's dream. And guess what? Exactly what he said came to pass. And it's the reason I'm here right now. And I want to let you know about this guy. And so Pharaoh sent verse 14 and called Joseph and they quickly brought him out of the pit and when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes he, he must have been in a real state that he, he wasn't this is as urgent as it is and they still had to clean him up I love it it's like the typical film story isn't it in Hollywood like Pierce Brosnan is James Bond tortured coming out and then shaves and then he's ready for duty like he couldn't possibly do his role as James Bond with that beard on so clean him up shave him up and they brought him before Pharaoh and Pharaoh said to Joseph I've had a dream and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that you hear a dream and you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. I want to I want to pause for a second because you see sometimes in life you see a lot of people have this idea that I just need this really big break. I need a really big break. I just need a big break in life. You know, everyone's looking about, everyone's talking about I need a big break in life. I need a moment like 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 Joseph before Pharaoh. I need, I need that kind of a moment. I want to let you know something. I want to let you know a secret. If you don't wear it in front of your family and your friends, and when your family and friends take that dream and they tear it up, cover it in blood, and parade it around, enjoying your downfall, and you still don't wear it after that, and then if you're not willing to wear it in slavery when the dream takes you to darker places than you dreamed. And then you thought it can't possibly get any worse than this. And then the dream takes you down into the prison you were in a prison. Listen, if you're not willing to wear your dream publicly, if you're not willing to take the risk and endanger your heart and your, and your love for something that matters so much as a God dream that he's placed within you, if you're not willing to do that, I want to let you know something. You're going nowhere. God's called you to do something. You've got to just wear it. You've got to wear it in front of your family and your friends and the haters. You've got to wear it through prison. You've got to wear it through slavery because that's the only way you ever get to wear it in front of kings. You'll never get the opportunity to wear a God dream in front of kings and rulers if you're not willing to risk the pain and the hardship of living out a God vision in the horrible environment, in the environment that is not inducive to growth but is inducive to destruction. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Behold, in my dream, I was standing on the banks of the Nile. Seven cows, plump, attractive, came out of the Nile and fed in the reed grass. Seven other cows came up, poor, very ugly and thin, such as I had never seen in all the land of Egypt. And the thick, ugly cows came up and they ate the first seven plump cows. 
When they'd eaten them, no one would have known that they'd eaten them, for they were still as ugly as at the beginning. And then I awoke. I also saw in my dream seven ears growing from one stalk, full and good. Seven ears withered, thin, and blighted by the east wind sprouted up after them, and the thin ears swallowed up the seven good ears. I told it to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh won. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are the seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven lean and ugly cows came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty ears blighted by the wind are also seven years of famine. It is as I told Pharaoh, God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, but after them there will arise seven years of famine, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land, and the plenty will be unknown in the land by reason of famine that will follow it, for it will be very severe. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dreams means that the thing is fixed by God, and God will shortly bring it about. Now therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man, set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land, take one-fifth of the produce of the land from Egypt during the seven plentiful years, and let them gather all food, all these good years that are coming out, and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh for foods in the cities. Let them keep it, that the food shall reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish through famine. This proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants, and Pharaoh said to the servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? Can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? Guys, if you can't wear it, if you can't wear the dream, if you can't own it enough that you're going to wear it, that you're going to keep it on the outside, that you're going to keep it exposed, if you're not going to keep the dream in a vulnerable place, you're never going to get to wear it in front of kings and rulers. You're never going to get to see it go to the places it's going to go to. Years ago, I was, I was a youth leader at a, group, uh, a church in Croydon. And there was a, a young person in this youth group who most of you may have heard of over his uh, uh, fame over the last year, M- Michael Dapper. And um, Man's Not Hot did that video, went, went viral and everything, and now his, his whole life has changed. I saw him as a, as a kid, and you know what? He was in an environment that wasn't conducive. He was in an environment that wasn't too great. And he used to call me up like crazy o'clock. I mean, sometimes 1, 2, 3 a.m. in the morning, like, are you awake? I was like, no, of course I wasn't awake. It's 3 a.m. I was sleeping. And he wanted to talk about things. Sometimes it'd be like God stuff. Other times it'd be life and stuff like that. And he'd talk to me about, and I'm never going to say what he talked to me about, but it's about situations that were difficult, that were difficult. And yet I saw this young man who would wear who he was on the outside. He did video after video, comedy sketch after comedy sketch. Get a couple hundred hits, a couple hundred views, and that was it. No one really seemed to care that much. But he just kept doing it, he kept doing it, he kept doing it, because it was a dream, it was a part of him. It wasn't like, oh, I, I, just, I just want this, and if I can't have this, I'm not doing this. It was, I'm doing this regardless of where this gets me. It doesn't matter, this is who I am, and this is who I'm gonna be, and I'm gonna own it. And I think about the, the situations he was in as a teenager, the friends around him, the circle group, the group he was in, and all those kind of guys. Any one of those guys could have dragged him to the absolute gutter because there were guys that I know that he was around that have been, that are, have been prison and stuff like that. 
and some other guys who got involved in really kind of dangerous stuff that I saw in the youth group and I saw in and around him, around Croydon. But when you, when you wear your dream and you pursue it and it doesn't matter what anyone else says, man, it's just like Joseph. What I love about the Joseph story more than anything else is that this moment in front of the king, that's the moment where if I'd managed to make it like he had, I wouldn't have, I'd have failed much earlier, I'm sure. But if I had, just speculating, if I'd made it that far, I want to be honest with you, that's the moment I would have tapped out. If you brought me before the king, Pharaoh, every single time I've stepped out and shone, it's got worse for me. You bring me before Pharaoh, there's only one outcome. I'm ending up like the baker. I'm not coming out of this like his, 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 his wine taster, the cupbearer. I'm ending up like the baker. And so I would have been there going, oh, me, no, that's not me. Sorry, I'm not great at dreams. Hasn't gone too well for me, actually, to be honest. So I think I'm going to pass right now. That would have been me. And so as I was reading this this week, I really felt God kind of challenged me. I started to say, well, who are you really going to be? Where do you really want to go with your life? Are you really going to step into the things that I've called you to do? Are you going to actually own who you are? Are you going to own what I have for you? And then I started to think about the chameleon and the idea that I had the misconception that the chameleon changed color to blend in. The chameleon changes color to blend out. And I believe that today, God is calling you and me in our lives to blend out. Man, you know what? I'm a chameleon. I'm going to be the lariest, most garish Christian you're going to see. I'm going to be the lariest pastor that gets in all the trouble under the sun. I am. I'm going to upset people. I do it all the time. I don't get invited back to preacher places. I upset people. When I come back, I announce it from the platform. It's a miracle. (laughs) This doesn't happen often. And they all think it's funny. It's just true. It's 100% true. Because there's a day coming when I'll stand up and I'm going to say something that people aren't going to like. There's a day coming when I'll stand up and actually today, the message may have sounded nice to you, but actually, it's actually a painful one if you really think about it. Because if you have any intentions of, of acting on this, this message today is going to cause you the same heartache and pain it caused Joseph. None of you may end up in slavery the next week. None of you may end up in prison the next week. But some of you may end up seeing people you love holding your favorite dreams in tatters and covered and smeared in blood. People you thought would be on the journey with you and support you, the people who decimate your hopes and your dreams. I'm going to pray for us today to wrap up this series. Father God, I thank you for your grace towards each one of us. I thank you, Father God, there isn't a person here you've called to blend in, but you've called to blend out. Father God, I thank you for the the grace that you empower us with and that you empower Joseph with because there's no human that could just go through those brick walls one after another in the manner that he did, but it was you. He couldn't interpret any dream. He knew that it was you that interpreted dreams. He knew it was you that gave the wisdom. He knew that it was your grace that did it by your spirit. I pray, Father God, for an outpouring of your grace and your spirit upon all of our lives. Father God, I pray that those of us here that had those God dreams in us that we've neglected, that we've turned aside for, that we stopped believing you for, I pray you'd stir it back up in us again. Father God, I pray that we would have the strength and the grace and the power and the courage to wear the dreams that you've put inside of us. Father God, I, I, I thank you, Lord, that Joseph didn't make decisions based upon what would be convenient for him 
but he pursued you with all that he had. I thank you, Lord, that when he put you first and pursued you, it wasn't about his life getting better. It was about him fulfilling his purpose. And his purpose was to save nations from desolate ruin and starvation. Joseph saved probably millions of people because all the surrounding nations came to them for food because of what you'd done in his life. Father God, who knows the untold people that will be grateful to people here today because they decided that they would no longer blend in, but they would blend out. Holy Spirit, we invite you today to come and to meet with us and to cause us to blend out, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. really hope you enjoyed today's message and if you'd like to find out more about City Hill please visit our website cityhill.london